It's a Sunday morning and I'm at church, though I'm not here to worship exactly. I'm whisked through a side door and my guide points to a set of steep, rickety stairs. We're communicating with whispers and hand gestures because there's a service in progress and we don't want to interrupt. We are going up. As we go higher, the stairs get smaller and start heading straight up, kind of like a narrow ladder. After a little bit of climbing, I scramble up onto a small wooden platform, a platform that doesn't feel that sturdy. My guide hands me some ear protection, and then I hold onto the railing next to me for dear life. It's about to start. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. We're taking you to Boston's Old North Church, a place you might know because of Paul Revere and his famous Midnight Ride. But today we're heading up to the Belfry for another reason, to meet the ringers who play these bells in a style that's centuries old, but with some creativity and a little bit of math, they put their own spin on things too. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You see these giant wooden wheels with these hundreds and hundreds and thousands of pound metal bells swinging back and forth wildly. This is Kat Dutton, a member of the MIT Guild of Bell Ringers and my guide to the world of Old North's bells. We're high up in the tower of the church, standing on that platform that I mentioned. And from up here looking down, we can see eight giant metal bells, each one mounted on its own wooden wheel that turns round and round to make the bells ring. It's almost like looking into the guts of some giant clockwork machine. Um, Very much knowing, kind of, if you look at that, it makes you feel almost sort of small and inconsequential. You know that if if I drop my phone in there, I'm never seeing my phone again. It's, It's gone. It's pretty mesmerizing staring into this giant machine. And even through my ear protection, it's loud in here. 
These bells weigh altogether a cool 7,000 pounds. And once they all start ringing and all those wheels are turning, there's a lot going on. Up there, uh, you get a little more of the sway of the tower because as the bells are moving, you can feel kind of the vibrations and the movement of the entire room um, as these as these behemoths of, of, of instruments are, are moving around. These are the oldest church bells in the United States. Some even say they're the most important bells in all of the Western Hemisphere. No offense to the Liberty Bell. These giant bells were designed to be played in a specific way, in a style called change ringing. Change ringing was really popular in England in the 17th and 18th centuries, and that's when these bells were brought to Old North Church from England in 1745. When you're hearing these bells, you're hearing what people have heard in Boston for centuries. This is Emily Spence. She works at Old North. When the bell ringers are here on the weekends practicing or ringing after services, it's a way for people to really kind of be taken back in time that the bells that they're hearing being rung, those actual bells, are what people in the 1740s and the 1750s would have heard. And I think there's something really powerful about that, that like the way like sounds can kind of really connect you to the past. Old North was founded in the 1720s as an Anglican church. Back in those days, its members were mostly merchant captains or other wealthy and powerful people in Boston. Emily says much of this wealth was connected to enslaved labor. This was a pretty small and exclusive crowd that had a lot of money, and they also liked to show it off which may be why they decided to have these eight bells cast for them in England and shipped here. Once the church got a crew of ringers together, the bells made quite a statement. You know, the first like, bell ringers, as part of their contract, they agreed once a week they were going to ring for two hours. So you can imagine just listening to these bells, just going and going and going for two hours. Regardless of your faith, you know, the neighbors probably got a little sick of it. <laughs> Those first ringers were actually a group of local enterprising teenagers, and one of their names might just, and forgive me for this, ring a bell. One of the first members was um, a 15-year-old Paul Revere. So that's neat, too, is that in our archives on this contract, we have the signature of 15-year-old Paul Revere. So his signature is much nicer than mine, too. <laughs> this is the part you probably know. Years later, in 1775, British troops were headed to squelch America's nascent revolution. Paul Revere was in charge of coming up with a plan to warn the rabble-rousing colonists that the British were coming. He decided that lanterns should be hung in the steeple of Old North Church. One lantern if British troops came by land, two if they were coming by sea or over water. We don't know for sure, but many people believe that he chose Old North because he knew it from his bell ringing days. But for much of the church's history, the bells have actually been silent. For one thing, change ringing was just too specialized. People didn't know how to do it, and you really needed eight people at a time to ring all of the bells properly. It also didn't help that over the years, the church was plagued by some structural problems. The steeple toppled in 1808, and then 1954, it flew over into bad storms. You can actually still see a nick on a nearby building from one of the times the steeple tipped over. The third steeple, the one we have now, there's actually iron beams that are holding it in place. But when those were first installed, I think they also prevented the bells from being able to fully rotate so they weren't able to be rung. 
So for about 200 years, that's how it went. The bells mostly just hung silently in place on their giant wooden wheels. Fast forward to the 1970s, when celebrations for the 200th birthday of the United States were being planned around the country, including in Boston. There was a big campaign to restore the bells, but it was not easy. When they got up there, they realized that the wooden beams that were holding the bells and the bell wheels all needed to be replaced, that when the bells did actually rotate, the beams were moving back and forth in the tower, so it wasn't terribly safe to ring them. But today, there's a new group following in Paul Revere's footsteps, the MIT Guild of Bell Ringers. When I meet up with them, the guild is gathered in a small brick room underneath the bell chamber that we visited earlier. Everyone is bundled up in sweaters and jackets. It's pretty cold up here. Eight thick, heavy ropes are hanging from holes in the ceiling. Each one is attached to a bell upstairs. When it's time to play, one person is assigned to each rope. When a rope is pulled, the bell swings on its giant wooden wheel all the way around, 360 degrees. As it swings, the clapper inside the bell clangs against the side of it and makes a sound. Gravity does a lot of the work here. You don't have much control over how fast the bell goes, and you can't really stop it once it's set in motion. The bell is going to do what the bell is going to do, and it's too heavy and too sort of set in its ways to be able to start and stop that quickly. This is Kat Dutton again, our guide from before. And Kat explains that the bells being so unwieldy means that they're played pretty differently from other smaller bells. We don't ring melodies. You can't ring Mary Had a Little Lamb on on our bells, but we ring patterns. Peek over Cat's shoulder and you won't see sheet music. You'll see lists and lists of numbers in different combinations. Instead of giving our bells notes, we give them numbers. We ring the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The goal is to never repeat the same permutation, the exact same order of the numbers. Those permutations or the different possible ways you can order one set of bells are called changes. And the more bells you have, the more possible changes there are. With six bells, there are 720 different possible changes. But with eight bells, like you have at Old North, you're looking at more than 40,000 possible changes. So while you actually don't have to be affiliated with MIT to join the guild, the hobby does happen to attract a lot of mathy people. Kat, for example, is a high school math teacher, which makes sense since a big part of what the ringers do is trying combinations of changes that they've never combined before, whittling away at those 40,000 possible variations. And this actually helps the guild carry the centuries-old tradition of change ringing into the 21st century. Methods, the specific patterns that we follow, there are some that are centuries old and there are some that are being written even now. And so if you're walking around Boston's North End on a Sunday, you will hear the very same bells that people in Boston have been hearing for hundreds of years. But you may just be hearing them played in a new way.
The bell tower is currently closed to visitors due to COVID, but there is one way to get up there. Become a bell ringer. Kat says the guild is always looking for new members and you can get in touch with them at bellringers at mit.edu or find a different guild near you online. Special thanks to Emily Spence and Jason Fishman at Old North and to Kat Dutton, Laura Dickerson, and the MIT Bell Ringers Guild for showing me the ropes. <laughs> Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, McKenna Smith, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney, Annie Eubank, Guinevere Govea. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. See you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.